0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our service today. Let me share this scripture as we begin from Luke chapter 2. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Come and worship. Here we go.
1: Praise the Lord. And we're so glad to be back together uh, for this first Sunday of Advent. And I hope the Lord has blessed you uh, during this Thanksgiving weekend. And the Lord has given you opportunity to be with family and friends. And we are excited to be here for one purpose, and that is to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And with this, the first Sunday of Advent, we focus on uh, our first candle of Advent, which represents hope. And certainly this has been a year within our community and with our, within our sister communities where we certainly need to know of the hope of Christ, the hope that comes even in the midst of devastating circumstances in the here and the now, recognizing that the Lord is our hope and that he has given us hope not just for today, but for tomorrow and for eternity. And so this Sunday we light the first Advent candle representing hope. And in Jeremiah 33, 14 through 16, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and in that time will I cause the branch of of righteousness to grow up unto David. And he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And in this the name wherewith She shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. And so we thank the Lord for this first day of Advent, which represents hope. This morning, we do want to welcome you. And for those of you that are joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we'd like to welcome you. Those of you on Facebook, if you will, there in the comment section, let us know you're there by putting your name in the comment section and any prayer requests that you might have. We'd love to be able to reach out to you and be able to pray for you this morning. And for those of you, this may be your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg. We'd like to welcome you as well. So glad to have you. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Brinesburg. And if you would fill out that card that's in front of you in the pew and place it in the offering plate that's there on the large round table in the foyer. Helps us know of your attendance, but more importantly, how we can minister to you and your family. I'm very glad to have you this morning as we uh, finish up the month of November and we head into December there is a lot for us uh, to be focused on and one of the first things that we focus on is our week of prayer for international mission
2: this is uh, Sunday night
1: but i hope that you've seen those uh, items in your bulletin that pertain to the prayer uh, which is most important i'm praying for our missionaries and praying for the work that they're doing in planning churches and in reaching the lost and far-off places, uh, the Lord gives us the opportunity to support them. And so you also have this special offering envelope. And if you'd like to give in a sacrificial way this Christmas, above and beyond your tithes and offerings, you have the opportunity to be able to give, and you can place that offering in the plate as well that's there in the foyer. also want to remind you uh, that coming up on the 17th and the 18th will be our musical you got to hear a little taste of that this morning and uh, we want you to be inviting folks six o'clock on saturday night and sunday night and on sunday night following uh, the program we'll also be having our christmas fellowship and so that'll be finger foods and desserts and so if you'd be thinking about bringing those in and we appreciate that Um, also with that christmas musical uh have rehearsal tonight at 4 30 and then the next two sunday nights after this will be dress rehearsals and so we'll need to have everyone uh, choir narrator's sound and all the projection folks here for those very important practices i also want to remind you that our mailbox is up if you want to start bringing in your christmas cards and of course the way we do that with our uh, missions christmas card uh uh, post office is you bring them you put them in that mailbox that's there in the foyer and we'll get those sorted out and put in the mail boxes by letter and then you can put the offering uh, in there that you would normally have to pay in postage uh, you can make sure that that goes to something that makes an eternal impact and so we encourage you to do that over the next few weeks also want to remind you of our youth on mission coffee house also that'll be going towards our lottie moon christmas offering and that will be on the morning of december 11th if you'd like to come early starting at 9am you can come by and get some coffee or some hot chocolate, or if you'd like to come at Sunday school time, and you can place an order and they'll bring it to you, as long as you're not in here, not in the the sanctuary, but if you're in any of the other Sunday school classrooms, uh, they'll deliver that to your class, Uh, but an opportunity for you to be able to have a little treat there on the 11th, but also be able to give again towards the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. And so a lot going on as we enter into December, a lot for us to be inviting folks to, uh, but again, a lot for us to be thankful for in our relationship with Christ. Again, we do have many on our prayer list. We've got several folks that are even in the hospital again this week, and we want to lift them up in prayer. But most importantly, praying for the lost, praying for those that do not yet know Christ as Savior and Lord, that we would have the opportunity to have a gospel conversation uh, with those the Lord has placed on our heart, with our one. And that the Lord might use that in a powerful way that as the Holy Spirit moves on their heart, that we might see them come to know Christ as Savior and His Lord. So with that in mind this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you. We thank you for the great hope that is found in the name of Jesus. The hope of the gospel that doesn't just save us for this life, but for eternity, we know that we are yours. And so, Lord, this morning, we thank you. We thank you for the cross of Calvary. We thank you that you came not just to live this life like we live it, but, Lord, to die in our place. Lord, to die the death that we should have died. And so, Lord, thank you for your great love. And this morning, we lift up those many who are on our prayer list, Lord, those who are struggling health-wise, those that are a part of broken relationships, Lord, that you would come in and that, Lord, you would be the God of reconciliation and that, Lord, you would mend that which seems to be impossibly broken. Lord, that you would meet every financial need that is bringing stress into the lives of individuals and families. But most importantly, Lord, we thank you that you are the God of salvation. And we pray for those that are lost, for that spouse that's lost, for that child, that grandchild, for that best friend, co-worker, classmate. Lord, that we have on our heart right now that name that is on our heart that we know they need to know you. Lord, give us a holy boldness to go and to share once again this week that they might come into a saving relationship with you. Lord, now as we continue to sing, Lord, as your word is proclaimed, Lord, have your will and have your way. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning as we come to our time of prayer here at the altar, perhaps there's a need on your heart, perhaps there's been a difficult diagnosis this week, perhaps there's a stress at work or at home, and you just need to lay it down here at the foot of the cross so that you might be able to hear clearly what the Lord wants to say to you today. We want to do that here at the beginning of our time together, not wait till the end of the service, but really allow the Lord to take whatever those burdens are right as we begin this time of worship together. And so with every head bowed and with all eyes closed, we want you to know this altar is open at this time. You come, and let's spend time in prayer together. thank you that you are a God who knows our every struggle, our every pain. Lord, you know everything that is a part of this life. And Lord, you came and you lived as a man, 100% man while still being 100% God. And so Lord, you know all of our struggles and yet without sin. And Lord, we thank you that you were willing to go to the cross of Calvary, Lord, to redeem us, to pay the sin debt that we could never pay. And that, Lord, because of that, because of the fact that you went to the cross, because you shed your blood, and because you rose again, Lord, now we know that we have a hope that passes understanding for every struggle of this life. Lord, we thank you that you know the health situation that we are facing. Lord, you know the relational struggle that we are facing. Lord, you know the financial setback that we've experienced. Lord, you know the loved one who is lost. And it breaks our heart this morning to think about the fact that they continue to push you away. But Lord, we also know you're the God who can get their attention. Lord, you're the God who can save them. Lord, you're the God who can meet the financial need. You're the God who can put the relationship back together. You're the God who can bring health and healing into our bodies. And so, Lord, this morning, we pray for you to do the work that only you can do today. And Lord, we know that you can take every burden that's on our hearts today. And Lord, that you can make it whole again. And so, Lord, have your will and have your way. Lord's Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Carol of joy says, Go and tell it on the mountain. singing it go, go ta tell- You always look for a rhyme or a reason. You don't know if you believe in the season. It's just another holiday. Who is this babe that we give adoration? He's the Savior, the Lord of salvation. He is still the same too. If your heart condemns you He is greater than your heart And if your life is broken He can mend a broken heart From His Father's throne and glory To a manger filled with hay From Bethlehem to Calvary Jesus Christ is still the only way. Where do you run when you're trying to hide from the fear and the feelings you're locking inside you? Must you keep it all within? Here is a man who's already forgave you. He has the power to comfort and save you if you'll only let him in. And if your heart condemns you, he is greater than your heart. And if your life is broken, he can mend a broken heart. From his Father's throne in glory to a manger filled with hay. From Bethlehem to Calvary, Jesus Christ is still the only. From his Father's throne in glory to a manger filled with hay. From Bethlehem to Calvary, mm -hmm. from Bethlehem to Calvary, Jesus Christ is still the only way.
1: amen thank you brother rockney for that special music as you may remember in years past uh, during advent we have um, special services on sunday nights and want to remind you that tonight uh, we'll begin that with our mission study for international missions and so tonight if you want to come and be prepared uh, to be able to give towards that offering you'll have that opportunity at the end of the service uh, they're all throughout the month. Next Sunday night, we'll be hanging in the green. We'll have some musical services as well, uh, but maybe you don't always come on Sunday night. I would encourage you to make a plan to do that, uh, especially during this Advent season as there's going to be a lot of special things for you and for your family uh, that I truly believe will be a blessing to you. This morning, if you will, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. and Throughout the Advent season, we are going to turn our attention to this study of the coming of Messiah and what that means to us, and we're going to begin by looking at the name of hope this morning in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we'll look at verses 26 through 38, and as you're turning there, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to come and to worship. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to study your word, and Lord, it has been a blessing to be able to sing about who you are, about the promise, the hope of the gospel uh, that we have seen throughout the songs that have been sung this morning. And Lord, I pray this morning that if we have even one here with us that does not yet know you, as Savior and Lord, that as we speak about who you are, the hope that is found in the name of Jesus, Lord, that their hearts will be stirred. And Lord, the Holy Spirit would move on them and that he would show them their great need to repent of sin and to turn to you by faith. Lord, I know that I am a very weak vessel, so Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that only you'd be seen, and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. What is in a name? Well, it depends on what that name is and who that name represents. I love the lyrics from Bill and
2: Gloria Gaither in that beautiful song where they say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You can sing with me. There's just something about that name Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. The name
1: of Jesus. It's the name that we all know well. And it is a name that was known well in his day. It was a common name. It was the name of one of the greatest heroes in the history of Israel, Joshua. Joshua is the Hebrew name. Jesus is the Greek name, but they both mean the same thing. Jehovah is salvation. So when Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, there were... Plenty of children who shared that Israelite name of Jesus. But there was none like him. Jesus was the long-awaited, the long-promised for Messiah. And so I want to draw our attention to what the angel said to Mary when he visited her to tell her of the amazing news that she, being a virgin, would give birth to the very Son of God. When the angel came to Mary, he told her the name of this child would be Jesus. The angel also visited Joseph some months later to tell him the same thing. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, he says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, fear not, take unto thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. After the child was born, when he was eight days old, both Mary and Joseph took him to be circumcised. And on that day, they obeyed the voice of the angel, and they called that baby's name Jesus. In Luke 2, 21, it says, And when eight days were accomplished, For the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named to the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And so this morning, I want us to examine the name of this one who who brought the hope of salvation to this lost and broken world. The name Jesus tells us a lot about who he is and what he came to this world to do. And so let us look together. At the name of hope this morning, as we stand in honor of the reading of God's word, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in into her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou hast conceived in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great. And shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come unto thee. And the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. You may be seated. There is hope. In the name of Jesus. And we see this as we turn beginning in verses 32 through 33 and also looking at verse 35. We see hope in his identity. Hope in his identity. He is the son of God, we're told in verse 32. It says, he shall be called the son of the highest. This baby would not be like any other baby. He would be the son of God. The eternal son of God who has existed with the father from eternity past, would step into time and be born through the womb of a virgin. The ancient prophecy of Isaiah will be fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he says in Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign: Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. That name Emmanuel means God with us. And that is who Jesus truly is. He is God with us. He is the Son of God. He is God in human flesh. He is God with us, as John tells us in John 1.1 and John 1.14. When you say the name of Jesus, you are naming the very name of God. But also, he is the King of Israel, we see there in verse 32. He says, the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. The baby born to humble people of humble means would be in the direct descendant of King David. More than that, he would be fulfillment of God's promise to King David. A, A thousand years earlier, this baby would one day sit on the throne of David and be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And unlike Every other king in the line of David, this king, will reign forever and ever. One day, this king will return in glory and he will rule the world, it says, with a rod of iron. And when you say the name of Jesus, you are calling on the name of the king of kings. But in verse 33, we see that he is the fulfillment of prophecy. He says, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. This phrase reaches far back, beyond the time of David, to the day of Jacob. It brings to mind the words of Jacob that he spoke to his son Judah just before he died. In Genesis 49, verse 10, when it says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. You see, as he lay there dying, that old patriarch, told Judah that his descendants would be the rulers of the people Israel. He is told that ultimately one known as Shiloh would come. And that means that Shiloh that name means he whose it is. That that means that one day he would be the supreme ruler. The supreme ruler will come. This ruler will be the possessor of the people and of all other things. And so Jacob goes on to say, and unto him shall be the gathering of the people. The word gathering refers to obedience, to cleansing, to purging. In other words, the supreme king will be reverenced by the people. He will literally cleanse the people. He will purge them. He will claim them as his own. This baby named Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy. And so when you say the name of Jesus, you're talking about the one who perfectly fulfills all ancient prophecies concerning the Messiah, the Savior, who is the Christ. But also we see in verse 32 that he is the champion of humanity. The angel said, he shall be great. That word means to be great of importance, great in estimation. No other birth in human history was as monumental as the birth Of the Lord Jesus Christ because when he came into this world he took his place as the greatest of the great the first man was a miracle because he was made in the image of God and because God formed him from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life we looked at that a few months ago as we began our study in Genesis that man sinned though and he brought sin and death and condemnation to all of his descendants because of his decision to rebel. That man brought shame and disgrace. He brought a curse upon this entire earth and upon all of his offspring. But the second Adam, Christ, fixed everything that the first Adam broke. When Adam was born, God made him in the image of man. When Jesus was born, God was made in the image of man here. When Jesus was born, he was without sin. He lived without sin. And in his death, his, he died for our sins. The second Adam was greater in miracle than the first Adam. He caused light to shine out of darkness. He calls life to spring forth from death. And he calls salvation to destroy condemnation. He is great. He is the champion of all humanity. And when you name the name of Jesus, you are naming our only hope. But secondly, we look at verses 26 through 28, and we see hope in his poverty. In verses 26 through 28, the Bible tells us the angel came to a young maiden whose name was Mary. And we know that she was engaged to a man named Joseph. We're told that in verse 27. And we're told that he was a carpenter by trade in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. And so we know that Jesus was born to a family of meager means. But when we examine his birth, we learn that he was born in a manger. When he was born, his mother laid him in a trough that was used to feed barn animals. She was forced to do this because there was no room for them in the inn. So what's going on here? Well, the ancient inn was a very seedy place, to say the least. This is where the poorest of the poor of travelers would seek lodging, for the night, because those who had wealth, those who had any means at all, would have sought a different place to stay than the inn. They would have found a private residence to, to stay in, they would have found family or friends to stay with. The, the family of Jesus, though, could not afford such, such luxuries. They didn't know anyone, and they were forced to go where only the poor would have gone. However, when they arrived at the inn, it had already been filled to capacity because of the census. And so they had to seek shelter in another place, in an even lower place. They were forced to spend the night literally with the animals. It was there that Mary labored and delivered the very Son of God. The name Jesus is also a name that is associated with poverty. That name reminds us of the sacrifice that he made for his people. Paul tells us in Second. Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. It reminds us that while he was the creator of all things, and while he lived here, he possessed nothing that was not given to him by others. And he, he lived off the gifts of those who cared about him. And when he was a child, God commanded Joseph to take Mary and the young child Jesus to Egypt. And that would have been an expensive trip, and they did not have the financial resources to do that. So to finance the trip, to provide for his son, God moved on the hearts of the Magi to make a long, treacherous journey to Bethlehem with their expensive gifts of gold and of frankincense, and of myrrh. We see that when he had to pay taxes, what did he get the money? He got the money out of the mouth of a fish. When he died, the only possession that he had of of any worth was an expensive garment that the soldiers were told gambled for beneath the cross where Jesus died. That garment was without a doubt a gift from a wealthy follower. And while he lived, nearly every significant event utilized something that was either borrowed or that had been intended for someone else's use. Think about it. He borrowed a boat from rich to preach out of. It wasn't his own. He borrowed a house in which he lived. It was not his own. He, brought, he had to borrow a donkey on which he rode. It was not his own. He borrowed a room in which he had to celebrate the Passover. It was not his own. He borrowed a cross in which he died. And ultimately, he borrowed a tomb in which he was buried. He gave up his claim to all things so that we might be given all things. Again, Paul, writing to the Philippians, tells us in Philippians 2, 6-8, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death, Even the death of the cross. We see that he who made it all, who owns it all, willingly laid it all down so that people like us, who had nothing, could be made the heirs of all things. Praise God for his poverty, for through it we have been made rich. But thirdly, we look at verse 31 and we see hope in his ministry. Hope in his ministry. The angel tells Mary to name her baby Jesus. This means Jehovah is salvation. The name declares his ministry to this world. The reason why he came. His name tells us all that we need to know. When the angel came and spoke to Joseph, he said in Matthew one twenty one, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. That is why this baby who was laid in the manger came. He came to die. So how would this baby accomplish salvation? He would accomplish it by going to the cross. Where he would be judged by God in our place. The punishment that should have been ours. Jesus didn't come to this world to teach. Though no one ever taught like he did. Jesus did not come to this world to heal, though he healed every sickness that he ever encountered. Jesus did not come to this world to raise the dead, though it seems that he broke up every funeral that he ever attended. Jesus did not come to this world to perform miracles, though he accomplished many during his time here on earth. Jesus came to this world for one reason. Jesus came to die, to die on the cross, and to give his life as a ransom for sinners. Jesus came to this world to die for those that he loved. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Every second Jesus lived, from the second that he was conceived until he cried out from the cross, it is finished! And yielded up his spirit. It was for the purpose of leading him to Calvary. Our Lord brought The greatest glory to the Father through bringing many sons to glory. He left heaven to bring you to heaven for the glory of the Father. For the glory of the Father, God, he took upon himself humanity. For the glory of the Father, God, he lived the life in this wicked world. For the glory of God, the Father, he died. For the glory of God, the Father, he rose again and defeated death itself. For the glory of God, he came to this earth for you. For the glory of God, he lived for you. For the glory of God, he died for you. For the glory of God, he rose again for you. For the glory of God, he did it all for you. Because God, the Father, called him to do just that. And here's what he said in John ten ten: I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. When we say the name of Jesus, we're calling to mind the great price that he paid the save us. We're remembering his boundless and unconditional love. We are calling to mind his selfless sacrifice for us. When we breathe that name, we are talking about the God who loved us so much that he bore our sins in his own body upon the cross of Calvary. What a wonderful name, the name of Jesus. But look at verse 33, and we see hope in his glory. Hope in his glory The angel tells Mary that her son will reign. That word refers to a king, one who rules in majesty and in glory. This reminds us again that Mary's baby would be no ordinary baby, even though he was born into poverty, even though he was born in the meager surroundings of a barn and laid in a manger filled with hay. It reminds us, That Mary was giving birth to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. And while Jesus lived in this world, no one recognized his majesty. No one recognized his glory. No one recognized his authority as they should have. No one really saw him for who he truly was. But that was the prophecy even. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 1 through 3. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. You see, some, like the Jews, looked at him and saw a poor Jewish carpenter. Some, like the Jewish leaders, looked at him and saw a revolutionary who was stirring up the people toward revolt. Some, like the people around Lazarus' tomb, looked at him and saw a healer. Some, like those that witnessed the feeding of the 5,000, looked at him and saw a wonderful earthly king. Some, like Pilate, looked at him and saw an innocent man. Some, a few, like Martha and like Simon Peter, looked at him and saw the Son of God. And a few, like the centurion, looked at him and saw a righteous man. However, it seems that no one truly saw him for who he really was. Who he really was. Even Peter, James, and John, catching a glimpse of his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration, did not fully understand just who Jesus Christ truly was. He lived and he died as God, walking among men. And very few even had the slightest idea of who he was. But all of that will change one day. Because there's coming a day when all the world will know who Jesus Christ truly is when he returns in glory his enemies will know when he reigns in glory everyone will know one day the following passage will literally be fulfilled from Philippians 2 9 through 11 wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, the name of Jesus will be proclaimed from the throne of heaven. And when that precious name is uttered, the knee of every saint and angel will bow in worship And in reverence, the knee of every sinner will bow in acknowledgement of his lordship and glory. And the knee of every demon and even Satan himself will bow in recognition that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a glorious name, the name of Jesus. Our only hope is found in the name of Jesus. When we say his name, when we sing his name, when we breathe his name, when we shout his name, when we whisper his name, when we proclaim the greatest name that has ever fallen upon the ears of humanity, we proclaim the name of the Savior of the lost, of the Shepherd of the sheep, of the Redeemer of the soul, of the Blessed Bridegroom of the bride, of the Lover of men's souls, of the glory of heaven. Of the one who called himself our friend and of the true and living one. This is him. But he is so much more. In that precious name, the name of Jesus, there is hope, peace, love, salvation, blessing, healing, wonder, joy, glory, and majesty. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. At the mention of that name, hell trembles. Satan flees. Sin is defeated. Captives are delivered. Fear gives way to peace. Hopelessness is swallowed up in victory. The lost are found. The blind see. And the dead live again. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Because at the mention of that name, drunkards are made sober and harlots are made pure. Addicts are delivered from their addictions. And the lost are saved. A new life begins. Oh, what a lovely name, the name of Jesus. That name marks the difference between heaven and hell, between life and death, between hope and despair, between sin and salvation, between judgment and forgiveness, between the grace of God and his condemnation. Thank God for the lovely name, the name of Jesus. Jesus bridges the gap between God and man, heaven and hell, sin and salvation. And many have shared that name. But there is only one, Jesus Christ. And he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords alone forever. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Reaching higher far than the brightest star. Sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely name this morning do you have a relationship with this one named jesus christ do you have a personal love relationship with him not do you have a religious experience not do you have your name on a roll but do you have a relationship with the one who brings us hope his name is jesus and if you're not sure if you know him this morning i want you to know him And I want you to be sure that you have that great hope that is found in the name of Jesus. You're going to have an opportunity here in a moment. Our musicians are coming now. And here in a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And you're going to have an opportunity to come and say yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And at that moment, there's going to be a spiritual battle that's going to go on. And there's going to be a spiritual battle where the enemy tries to tell you you're going to have another opportunity. You're going to have another opportunity tonight. You're going to have another opportunity next week. And he's going to lie to you because next week he's going to tell you the same thing again. But Jesus is going to be whispering in your ear and he's going to be telling you to come. Come because I love you. Come because I died for your sins. Come because I rose again. Come because I am the only hope of heaven. The question is, will you come? Will you say yes to Jesus? Lord, Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, we thank you for the beautiful name the matchless name of Jesus, our only hope of salvation. And Lord, I've got friends with me right here today that I've been praying for for a long time. And I prayed for them this morning. And Lord, they need to be saved. And Lord, there's a lot of excuses going on in their heads right now why they're not going to come. But Lord, I pray that you would take away every excuse and that you would help them to step forward. Lord, we got a lot of moms and dads, grandparents, brothers and sisters who need to be praying for loved ones to come today. Lord, there's some folks that are watching on television. There's some folks that are watching on Facebook Live, and they're lost, and they need to be saved, and I pray that they would come because it is only through your name, the name of Jesus, that we can move from spiritual death to spiritual life. Lord, we pray for that to take place this morning to your honor and glory. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand tonight and as we sing, would you come?
3: Oh, so.